Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. I guess this is season 18. We'll roll with it. It's an extra. That's where you can find it, at least on Max. It's in season 18 bonus. Is that it? That what they call a section? Extra section and then... You have your season 8 extras, and you have your season 18 extras. So it's under the season 18, but it's under the extra section first. That's confusing. This is Talk Back Part 1. And they put them in order of release, so it's actually Talk Back Part 2 is what you would click on first if you drop down into that list. So you make sure you tab over to Part 1. Don't mix them up. Yeah, they're in the opposite order of all of the other episodes. So normally you would have episode one at the left-hand part of the list when you go in there. Not this time. When you go into the extras, now episode two is there. So just double check before you watch. You're going to be very, very, very confused about what we're talking about. It's great. They'll probably change it and then you'll have no idea what we're talking about (laughs) after this. Sometime in the future. We apologize. But we didn't do it. I didn't hard code the Max app. So don't come at me about it. They almost didn't either. They shouldn't have. Still waiting for the look backs. Waiting for chat GPT to get all those corrections in. The TLC description for this one, though, is the sister wives watch the revealing first episode of this season, meaning season 18, and tell viewers what was really going on behind the scenes. They also respond to some tough viewer questions and social media posts, which was basically just copy and pasted screenshots from a Word document by someone at production 
who was uh, applying fake names to things. They weren't even trying to make it look like this came from social media at all. Well, some of them were. And then a few of them were like... Very clearly not. The best memes and things that came out of people posting on X or probably Reddit. Who knows? They crawled through the internet and found a couple of things that they could use. But yeah, the, the rest was definitely filled in by production. Any of those basic text, black Times New Roman font with a white background, <laughs> it was definitely from production. What did you think about the Sister Wives watch the first revealing episode? I thought that that was a little revealing about the episode description itself. But maybe we built up a little bit of drama in our heads of what that could mean. Did they try to get this to just be the wives sitting down and watching the episodes, but Robin refused to participate unless Cody would watch the episodes with her? I really want them to do this, but with just the women. And I want Robin to actually contribute thoughts, but that's never going to happen. I bet you that they did try to do that. And then they got the footage back from Robin and she didn't say anything. So they were like, no, you have to... Okay, we have to fix this. I don't think you understand the, the concept talk back. You you have to say something. She just watched it. She just stared a hole. You know, she didn't even look at it because we saw in this episode, a lot of the time she was looking everywhere except for the TV screen. All around in the room. Well, there's a lot of things to distract her. A lot of artwork on the walls <laughs> in that area. Is. Could have been, you know, just a glimmer of light that was refracting through a window or something that caught her eye, and then that's going to pull the attention away. Mm -hmm. Off the horse ring. She was playing with the horse ring and her new wedding ring quite a bit. Fiddling and fidgeting about. But Cody made sure to pause and interject quite a bit. But before we get into that and all of that wonderful commentary, delicious commentary, <laughs> as Pat would say, let's hear the Carly episode rewrite description for this one. The producers take Robin hostage and force her to watch old footage. Cody forgets to turn on the closed captions and misinterprets every scene. The OG wives wade through all the bullshit. Yeah, I think Janelle had a couple of moments where she was calling things out exactly as she saw him, where she was holding Cody accountable for his double standards, as was Mary, as was Christine. Robin would not question anything. Well, of course not. Loyalty. Fidelis. Well, that brings us to our announcements. Mary has turned in the Fidelis necklace because she has loyalties with a new person. That's right. News dropped. It's official. The Sun has an article basically doxing this man at this point now <laughs> because it started off as just kind of general announcement stuff. And now they're really digging into his past. So she posted last week on her 53rd birthday that it was a very special time for her. This was a big celebration, and she wasn't doing it alone. Thank you very much, everybody. This year, she's spending it with her new boyfriend, Amos. Famous Amos. Amos? Amos? I, said, I butchered that. Amos. It's Amos. He's not Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know that's his name? Because what we have found out about this were, man. I thought you were going to argue. Do we know he's not Amish? <laughs> I thought you were ready to die on that heel. Are those cookies? Famous Amos. Famous Amos. Yes, that is a cookie brand. And that is what I, that is what I will lovingly be referring to him as. <laughs> well, she did wait until two days 
after the wedding episode aired, which, what a bitch, it was right after we recorded. She didn't know. Is Mary, Did she know? Is Mary tactfully posting her big important life news on Tuesday nights, intentionally knowing that it's after we've recorded the episode and there's no way that we would be able to get that in there? I don't know, but a lot of people were like, snaps, what a classy bitch for having waited until after Christine's wedding aired. But it's like her birthday was on the day she posted it. So was that just a coincidence? If her birthday had been on Sunday when the episode aired, would she have posted it? We don't know. I think it was more the birthday was the the boundary. It wasn't necessarily out of complete observance of Christine and David's magical wedding. Me personally, that's my take. So Amos, more questionable than David's daughter, Katie? I, well, so, okay, it started off where they started digging into what they could find publicly about him, and it was the bankruptcies. That was what came up first. Not a big deal, right? Because, I mean, you're just part of the family at this point with the bankruptcies. Who hasn't had a bankruptcy by the time they're closing in on 50 in this group of adults that we have on TLC right now? Pretty much every single one of them, right? Can't judge, yeah. Every single one of them. I would say so. At least one. So that I wasn't as upset about. Then they started finding former marriages where this man, famous Amos, Chips Ahoy, Deluxe, Chewy, and Crunchy, he has four ex-wives, I think, that they've found. It was two marriages in Utah, two marriages in Arizona that have ended in divorce amicably, hopefully. We don't know that. I don't know. I'm making assumptions here. He's got a very Ross marriage history about Maybe that's him. what happened to him. He got drunk in Vegas. He thought that the marriages were only good in Vegas. No, then they would have found one in Nevada. So Nevada. Sorry. Nevada. Sorry. <laughs> People are going to get very upset oh, about no. that. <laughs> uh, I guess my thoughts on it probably being conned. I think that he is a fortune seeker, as one would say, back in Victorian times. Do you think that he looks for like rich widows or unsuspecting women who run MLMs on the internet who think they're building an empire. Well, that just sounds like a catfish. I mean, but he, so he's, maybe he's not a full on catfish because we see he is who he represents. Well, he looks the way he represents himself to be, perhaps, but maybe he's not who he presents himself to be. The intention is what we need to keep an eye on. Speaking of his looks, why do all of these women find people who look like Cody? The general consensus is that is your standard Utah man face. Oh, okay. That's, you know, just the gene pool, the general shallowness that's going on over there. I guess that makes sense because thinking of Robin's ex, very scary if you put side by side with Cody, almost identical. Here we are again. It's a pretty close relation, probably. These family trees are all infused and entwined. Circles. Circles. That's why Mary's not really into the circles. <laughs> yes. Well, if you want to know more about him, Mary did a Friday with friends. Jen was our host, I guess you can say, and asked a bunch of questions. Many of them meant to poke fun at things that go on on the show. Is Jen going to be the next tell-all host? Is Suki out of a job? 
I don't think so. I mean, I would love to see it. I don't think Cody would talk to her. No, too close to the situation. And Cody already doesn't like her. She's made that abundantly clear on Friday with Friends. He's <laughs> never liked her, which why would he? Well, we'll talk more about that next week because she's going to appear in the second part of the talk back. Very exciting. Last thing before we get into the episode, you can join us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. We have recaps of seasons one through 10, 12, 12, 12 of sister wives. It's a lot of them. Well, one through 10, I think is on the the Patreon and then 11 and 12 are those still public? Maybe. We've lost track. We're going to have to look at this up, guys. I probably haven't moved them. No, they should be on there too. Okay. Yeah, they would be on there. All right. One through 12. Anyway, there's a boatload of episodes. And also, we recently recapped Natalia Speaks, which is the season two of The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. So that's up now. And then it looks like our Let's Talk About It episode, which is, again, available at the $8 tier, is going to be about 1,000-pound sisters. So we'll be recapping that next week. That'll be coming out beginning of next week. We start this episode strong because Mary is literally and figuratively taking out the trash. Right. We get a pretty good establishing shot for everybody as far as what the situation is. And Mary is doing a little bit of subtext storytelling here. Just a little bit. Not heavy handed at all. What was going on with Robin? We just we have to address it at the top of the episode. Cody approaches her with the with the phone. Yeah, he called the camera. I don't. Did he approach her? He snuck up on her <laughs> in the kitchen. She was just standing there, though, almost lifeless, staring into the abyss like a dead fish. <laughs> it's pretty clear. Robin is just here so she doesn't get fined. She does not want to participate. She looks miserable, and right off the bat, you know she's not going to contribute anything valuable to this experience for us. But also, you know, she can't help herself sometimes. So if Cody's going to start going off the rails, because you know he will, she's going to say some stuff too. Well, they should have filmed more of this, because she started to say a few things, but she never really pushes enough. Loyalty. Got to stay loyal. Right, yeah. Did you notice they got rid of all the supplements on the counter in the background at the Shira Chateau. They did clear those off. They Maybe they had to make some space for something else. There was a blender. Oh, maybe Cody's into juicing now. We've we've given up on the supplements. The Jack Lane power juicer. <laughs> it's been a while, but I, he busted out of storage. Maybe he had some kidney tests done and they were like, bro, you need to stop with these cocktails of herbal supplements. <laughs> Just a mystery bag. You're just grabbing a handful of stuff and popping those pills. You're shutting your kidneys down. Please be careful. So we had Mary taking out the trash. We had Robin, who's surrounded by trash, but different, different (laughs) stuff. And then Christine's busting out the wine, which she has to pretend like she doesn't even remember where her wine glasses are even stored. She has to go rooting around in her brand new kitchen to go look for them. They're in the dishwasher, girl, where you left them. (laughs) She can't even get through watching one single episode of the show without alcohol, right? She's got to be a little smashed for this. Absolutely necessary. It is a prerequisite. Janelle. (laughs) Janelle, Janelle. Janelle definitely has COVID. Can we agree on that? 
She's got something, something special. And I just want to applaud her for still showing up for work. Of although, course, she would not call out. Although she, that is the expectation now, right? She would definitely be the person who still goes to the office because otherwise she's going to have to stay at home with all those kids. No, thank you. <laughs> the couch, though, let's talk about her couch because oh, it's couch. a sad state of affairs inside of her apartment. It's giving <laughs> Bob's furniture bachelor set. It's it's She's upgraded from first year dorm, freshman dorm, to bachelor pad. <laughs> the, so it's an improvement. The, the giant le- pleather. It's not leather. It's not real, yeah. It's a pleather couch with a giant matching chair. It's seen better days. It's busted. It's a busted-ass couch is what we're trying to say. And Janelle, we love you, girl. Treat yourself and go get some nice furniture. Okay? You've earned it. You've been through enough. I just love how the show had to show every single person sitting down at the couch because God knows the editors were like, they're not going to know how everybody got here if we don't show every single person physically sitting down onto their couch. They're not going to know. It just happened they just teleported over here. They're watching the show now. It's not going to make any sense. Um, <laughs> I mean, people aren't familiar with that format. Nobody's yeah. seen 90-day pillow talk where people are literally sitting in beds from the opening scene. Well, just the concept of editing in general. They're like, no, audiences aren't going to get it. We have to show them every single thing. But Janelle's couch really takes the brunt of it. She takes the cake. I think on the setup here, because she even has the couch indentations from where, you know, she has the dogs laying couch indentation. (laughs) Am I going to get sued for singing that couch indentation? (laughs) It's the perfect location for a snoozy situation. (laughs) Maisie knows there's been a lot of snoozing going on on the top of that couch. Yes, exactly. Should we start with the Christmas rental? Yeah, I think the big talking point for the start of this and what really got the conversation going here. Because we kind of tried to read through a couple of social media posts that weren't actually social media posts. It was just questions from the crew, but disguised ever so cleverly as social media posts. But the big talking point here was Gabe and Garrison and their spat with Cody and Robin. With them being at odds, it made the holidays a little stressful. (laughs) And that's Janelle's betrayal of Cody, according to him. Right. Well, he claims the boys not being allowed at his house. That was all Janelle's narrative. He never said that. That was just what she decided to run with and go tell them. And that's Janelle telling them those things to make them think that Cody is against them. And that turns them against Cody. So she's poisoning his relationship with his sons. So now everyone's watching this and Christine is like, I'm sorry. I I need to pause this. <laughs> he wants the kids to apologize, even though he's trying to reverse that now and pretend he never said that. Just read between the lines. That's what they have to do is they have to come apologize to him and then they can come have Christmas at his house. I was a little disappointed we didn't get Mary talking about this since she kind of participated in the second Christmas exclusion situation. Well, she did mention kind of at the end of this segment where she was spotting some of the similarities between behavior that was going on with Cody and Christine, the way that Cody was treating Christine seemed oddly similar and very familiar to her. 
between her relationship with Cody. It was kind of like the opposite, though, because how Cody treats Mary like shit, that's how Cody's interpreting Christine treats Cody like shit. So do we have some hope for Mary that maybe she can pick up on breadcrumbs and maybe she's not so susceptible to being manipulated? She was seeing it. (laughs) She started to see it. And I think that was more noticeable towards the end of season 18 when she could tell when Robin was fishing for information or trying to plant seeds of doubt within herself, all those different things to keep Mary in the family and just keep suffering along for the greater good. Well, of course, talking about the whole Christmas thing, which got blamed a lot on Robin at the time, making her uncomfortable. So she is darting her eyes all around the room. She's fidgeting. She's refusing to watch. (laughs) She looks very confused, too, about the whole thing. She doesn't get it. She always has to ask Cody what's going on. And it's like, you you lived this. You were in the scene. (laughs) Why are you asking Cody for clarity? Because she needs to gauge where he's at now. How are you interpreting things that went on here? What's your filter into the past now so I can align with that expectation? Well, fucking for sure don't ask Cody because what he says is Janelle just didn't want to have Christmas with Mary and Robin. You know what it was? Janelle was choosing Christine over me and Robin and I guess Mary at the time, kind of. Not really, but I'll add it in there as another insult that Janelle caused. So that's the first point where Robin pauses and is like, did she say that? And Cody's like, well, not explicitly, not word for word verbatim, but (laughs) that's how I interpreted it. Yes, is that she basically said, I don't ever want to see you guys again for the holidays. And that's all because Janelle is a shit sister wife. And that sets Robin off. She did not like that. Not because she loves Janelle so dearly as a sister wife that she can't believe her husband would say something so vulgar about her. No, 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 no. She says, you always point out the sister wife relationship and never talk about your specific situation with each wife. Well, what kills me about this initially too is how Cody is blaming Janelle for choosing to do Christmas with Christine instead of with Cody and Robin. Because if you interact with Christine, you're not allowed to interact with Cody and Robin. So by choosing to do something with Christine, she is in turn rejecting Cody and Robin in the way that they're perceiving it. But then when Cody's saying she said that she didn't want to do anything, Robin asked, is that what she said? No, but that's based on her actions that Cody's interpreting this, not like the conversation that happens a year later. Was it even a year later? It was that same Christmas when they're bullying. It was Cody and Robin that were bullying Mary into saying, don't invite Christine over here. That will insult Cody. Well, wasn't it that they didn't want the kids to come over because they were afraid there was going to be a fight? Do not make us choose between you and the rest of the family. I just didn't like that it initially looked like there was progress being made here. But I feel like Robin spoke up and said that because what she took offense to was that bringing up sister wives now pulls her back into the equation. Because whenever sister wives get mentioned collectively, the audience goes back to feeling like it's Robin's fault that all of this got fucked up. So she would prefer 
that Cody actually take accountability for all of these relationships and leave her the fuck out of it. But he's not going to do that. Also, the fun thing here is that by her saying it's not about the sister wives, it's about your relationship, Cody, with each of the individual wives is probably the closest way she can say you're a shitty husband without actually saying that. That's as close as Robin can get. Well, she wants him to fall on his sword for her and say, yeah, I was a shitty husband to each of them, and that's why they left me. They didn't leave me because I preferred Robin, and I treated Robin so great in comparison to them. No, Cody turns it again, and that his problem with each individual wife is lack of loyalty because they don't blindly obey him the way that Robin does, and that's a big problem for him. Well, the truth, we know what happened here, right, is Christine broke up the whole family. That's really what we should be talking about. And that leads us to one of the best lines Christine had all season, which was where she pointed out, if it's my fault that I have shitty relationships with my sister wives, then by the same logic, Cody's logic, if he has bad relationships with his kids, that's his fault. Why is he trying to blame it? On me or the other wives. Ah, see, now that's where you'd be mistaken, Christine, because as it turns out, Cody is just always going to blame the other party, no matter who that other party is. Any situation, it's not Cody. Christine kicked him out of her home. He lost his environment for fostering relationships with those children in Christine's home. So, did we just stop having relationships with? Logan and Aspen and all the older kids, everybody else who moved out Garrison when he went to military training, anybody else that has just moved out of a house, you just stop having a relationship with them. Is that the basis of this? Adult children living on their own don't count towards this equation. He doesn't even understand what he's saying because then he's trying to make a point. Of the fact that he has relationships with the kids who live in this house, which is, of course, the Shira Chateau, because I'm here. And it's like, yes. That was the complaint. That's why your kids were all so mad at you. It was literally because you wouldn't leave her house to go to the houses that they lived at so that you could have a relationship with them there. Gabe and Garrison wanted you at Janelle's house and you would not go there. You would not. So how is that Janelle's fault? Oh, it's because she's not following the rules that Cody laid down. So then that's why he's cutting off contact. So in a sense, you are admitting that you are in fact punishing Janelle by neglecting her children until she does what you tell her to do. Uh, Well, of course, this train of thought had to have come from some men's rights forum somewhere where your wife's a bitch And she's keeping you from your children. So now you just can't have a relationship with them. So you're going to punish everyone involved in the situation. Because what does that mean? That means all parents who don't live in the same house as their children are incapable of having a relationship with them still. Don't have phones. Don't have video chat. Don't have anything. There's no Skype. (laughs) I would counter that there are millions of people who are doing this successfully. Skype, WebEx, Zoom. The world goes on. It's a very connected world that we live in now. I think you should be able to stay in touch with the people that you care about. 
Well, none of this would have happened if they would have just let Cody lead the family, though. And by the way, he would be an excellent leader if they would just let him take on that role. But they wouldn't let him do it. That was the whole problem. They wouldn't be his mouthpiece. Well, he's being undermined at every turn. Right. uh, Based on his assessment of this. Because he can't be in all places at once. So he needs the wives to represent him to the children and to take on his viewpoint and then impose it in their households. But they just would not do that for him. Oh, but I love that Janelle called him out immediately on this. She's like, this is just a cop out for parenting in general from Cody because it's the wife's fault and the kid's fault for not interacting with me the great leader and father of this family because I'm being undermined. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's blindly obeying me. Well, the other part that was mind-blowing was that we then watch him further into that conversation around the fire pit when they were talking about the Christmas rentals. He tells Janelle to do him a favor and not communicate to his children for him. The literal next clip, right after Cody talking about how he's being undermined and he doesn't have the opportunity for this and that the the mothers should be the connecting piece who facilitates everything for his relationship with his children. The literal next clip that we cut to is him yelling at Janelle for communicating to his kids for him. That's where I want someone to call his bluff. You cannot have it both ways. Okay, so then I won't tell them things on your behalf, but you're going to have to communicate with them. And the answer is he doesn't do it. He's not. It's not happening, which is why they didn't even call him when they wanted him to come to their house. They were calling Robin and saying, can we please have our dad back? Well, she's the Cody whisperer. You have to go through her. She speaks Cody. (laughs) You can't (laughs) communicate directly with Cody without Robin. And she does have her translation moment here during this scene, too, because she has to turn to Cody during all these rants and raves in season 18 footage that we're seeing and she has to ask him directly do you want to be an engaged father and i think the subtext of that question is do you want to be an engaged father for my children oh no no no. i didn't think that that's what she was saying okay i think he is an engaged father with her children true yeah she she doesn't have to ask so she was taking real offense to janelle saying cody used to be an engaged father and then he stopped being one with my children so she turned him and asked him, do you want to be an engaged father? And he didn't really answer it right away. <laughs> she kind of had to coach him on it where it was like, do you, but do you though? Yes, of course. Oh, of course. Because then Cody immediately goes to another excuse. Of course, I engage my children, especially when they engage me. So it's conditional then is what you're saying. Well, and then he also blames it on Janelle. She just makes it so hard for me. That I can't be engaged with my children. It's the wife's fault. It's the children's fault. I think if you're going to be a leader in a polygamous family, it's probably the father's fault. It's classic deadbeat dad excuses about how your ex is the one who is keeping you from having a relationship with your children. And this is just toxic, patriarchal type approach where it's just I demand mindless obedience. That's all I want. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. That's it. He also doesn't want to lead this family, though. As much as he says that he does, I feel like that was part of Mary's utility in this family because each of the wives had to have a purpose for being here. 
And as much as he didn't like Mary in some aspects of her most of her personality. A lot of it, yeah, it was too similar too, too close to home for him. I think that they did appreciate that she was someone who would step up and get everything in line when it was needed because he wasn't able to do it. Well, Cody even said that because he had a moment here when they were watching some of the fire pit fight footage where he was asking for Mary and Robin to jump in and gang up on Janelle with him at that fight. And they wouldn't say anything because Robin was like, oh, he had to stay neutral there. And Cody was kind of remembering back to there. There were these times where Mary would weigh in. And man, I miss that so much because it was like a really great team up tag team that we used to have where we would just berate people into submission together. And that was so bonding. (laughs) I love when she used to alienate the rest of her sister wives in order to appease me. That was a great time. Yeah, because Robin's like, yeah, she. it was a lot of problems that came from that when she would do that. Not good. I thought it was super weird that Robin brought that up because she's the one who was like, well, you know we had to not say anything, right? I felt like she was overcompensating because she's so worried about Cody perceiving anything she does as a betrayal towards him. She literally had to tell him it wasn't I wasn't betraying you. Yeah, which I didn't like because that felt like abuser victim type mentality. And I'm not accusing that of going on in that household because that's a horrible place to go. But Robin says she comes from that type of past experience. And I didn't like that that's where her head was at in that moment, that she had to over-explain her behavior to him. And provide reasoning for those decisions that were taking place at that time. Should we go to some viewer questions? Because I feel like that was pretty heavy. I feel like Yeah, maybe we'll have a couple detours here because I think Christine did get a toaster. I don't know why this came up. That was a season one question (laughs) that got lost in the spam filter folder somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I, like did not care that she owns a toaster now. (laughs) Well, and the real kicker is that it was her sister sent her a toaster because, you know, Cody probably wasn't buying her one. Oh, no. Save up the grocery money. That's your problem. <laughs> the first question, though, out of the gate was about Cody's hair. Her His hair has been very different throughout the years. My favorite thing to learn about the hair was that Robin has taught him how to curl. Yes. She taught him the curly girl method. I mean, it's confirmed now. It is sister wife's canon now. It's no longer just a joke. <laughs> I love that it was suspected, and now we know that that is indeed exactly what happened. That's a fact. I mean, I guess they share they share product now because Robin was rocking the uh, the scrunch look for a while at the end of the season. Is that what happened to Cody's hairline, where he has the the aisle of bangs at the front of his head now? Was it too much headband? Maybe you think he it was the white headband. Maybe he needs a white headband. But he has to get one at the proper width so it can cover that gap. I mean, the one Robin had was pretty big. It was a hefty, hefty band. (laughs) The picture of Coyote Pass. This was one that was like a genuine thing that they took from the internet. That was a meme. That was, we saw that on Twitter at the time, now known as X. So someone posted this and it was like, this is Coyote Pass in the year 2073. Still completely vacant with nothing built on it. The futuristic city behind it and then absolutely nothing (laughs) except for Robin's dad's picnic table, which is all she cared about and all that she noticed because that's all that matters. It's Robin's thing. 
It made Janelle laugh so hard, though. <laughs> Janelle legitimately laughed at that, which makes me smile because she has retweeted some of our stuff when we were posting on the live tweets over the seasons here. Yeah, the first so, time she did that, we were like, did she understand? Was that an accident? <laughs> did she mean? Well, no, when Cody retweeted us, that was when I was uh, like, that was that, an accident. That had to be a mistake. Yeah, he regretted that. He instantly took it back, didn't he? No. I think it was still out there. He tweeted something separate afterwards about he needs to be more careful about who he retweets. <laughs> but I don't think he deleted the retweet. So I was like, yeah, it's still funny, man. Well, he didn't know how. You just post something new and say, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Should have looked into these people before I retweeted what they said. It's the uh, yeah the copy and paste statuses on Facebook about the uh, privacy settings. It's <laughs> That's basically how he addressed that problem. One of the other questions they got was Christina Janelle. I get that you're besties now, but like back in the day, you guys didn't say nice things about each other. Like Janelle would constantly talk about how much of a princess Christine was, which I say is a lot of Cody's verbiage that we used to hear. Well, yeah, that was definitely the story that Cody was going with at the time. And if that was all Janelle was basing that on, she would probably see some examples of that. But once Cody was out of the equation... Her and Christine really hit it off. And it's just a different relationship than they have with anyone else in the family because their kids are so bonded together. So tough shit to everyone else. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Okay, one of my favorite questions, because I thought it was telling, was again for Janelle. Do you wish you would have left sooner now that you know what life is like on the other side? And she said, no, she wouldn't have left if Cody had continued to have been a good dad. So she does not care about how he treated her. She would have put up with it. The nail in the coffin was the stuff that went down with the kids. So that's where I feel like people who aren't completely convinced like, I feel like Christine isn't totally convinced that Janelle is done with Cody completely. This is why. These are the things that make us concerned. There still hasn't been anything publicly between Janelle and Cody about an official divorce, but I think it's mostly because Janelle's not really sure how to go about that. There is no legal process for a spiritual divorce. You got to get dicked down. We know the answer. Well, that's Robin's theory. Mm-hmm. Which maybe she should try it out. I don't know. You just <laughs> we give don't it a know try. what kind of results we'll get. Right, just give it a shot. You have to. I mean, for science. for science, yeah, of course. Should we round it out with like the classic sister wives question that we know was planted by producers, which is Cody, 
Robin, do you still believe in polygamy? Well, didn't we have a question that popped up about the children living polygamy? Too wasn't that one in here? Yeah, because that was where he went on a weird ass rant about how well you know was that related to this question? It might have been because it was like oh, there was a subtle dig where then he said one of my wives at one point said that she wishes her children would never live polygamy because it's so hard, and it was like you can just say Christine. We know that was Christine. <laughs> that was there was footage of that. We saw it. We know who you're talking about, <laughs> sir. So also we've been watching vague. 18 seasons of these show of this show and we would say it's pretty hard. So <laughs> I don't know that anyone disagrees with that. You've been complaining about it for the last four seasons, at least about how difficult it's been. But do Cody and Robin still believe in polygamy? The answer, he kind of dances around it and then stops at he doesn't believe in it for himself anymore because he failed so badly at it. Yeah, he believes it in nature and in his religion, as part of his religion, but it's not for him. So, ladies, rest assured that Cody Brown is now not out in these streets. Yeah, he is off the market until Robin leaves him, because then, man, that's really going to be a spiral, because you know Cody can't take care of himself. He's going to have to go snatch somebody up pretty quick after that. I just don't know, like, what? where's Robin going from here? She will not leave him for someone who has less money. Well, she had lots and lots and lots of eligible bachelor suitors at the time when she accepted Cody's engagement proposal. So we know her Rolodex is full of dudes that she can call that are just on standby at this point. I just don't believe it. I feel like she's going to go more in the direction of just make sure he has a very large life insurance policy and hope that he keeps taking all of those herbal supplements. I think that's the plan out. Just gums him up. (laughs) (laughs) Just thought you said comes him up. (laughs) No, no. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. She's trying to uh, stop the plumbing. Dry him out. She wants him to go the Elvis way? (laughs) Well, that would really back him up. Yeah, that's different. (laughs) All right. The wives. The wives are pretty snarky in this episode, which was enjoyable. We got them pointing out the contrast between the size of Robin's gigantic house. That was like Christine right out of the gate was like, hmm, look at Robin's big ass house. And look at Chanel in this tiny ass it's not even a house, it's a trailer. Kind of indicates some things, doesn't it? Preferential treatment. <laughs> like, because at the beginning of the season, Janelle was trying to figure out what her living situation was going to be. She was living in a van down by the pond, basically, and trying to get her life figured out. I love that they're trying to like point this out to us as an audience, though, where it's like, yeah, we've been trying to get you to realize that years we now. Were, yeah, we were worried that you weren't going to notice. I'm glad that you guys finally got on board, but we see. We've been seeing it. Then Christine laughs about Cody pretending their divorce was so painful. Yeah, because even in this episode, there were multiple instances where Cody made reference to loving Christine, previously loving Christine. And that goes against a lot of other times when he's told us he's never loved Christine. Never had any love for her. He was just playing a role and pretending to care for her as a husband in an attempt to live polygamy the best he could. Yeah. So didn't know he loved me so much. 
And then Janelle says that for years, Cody would come to her and tell her about how he didn't want to have sexual relations with Christine anymore. I feel like that's oversharing (laughs) at that point. Like, what? Why would you? Why? But I thought the act was so easy. (laughs) I thought the act was easy, Cody. I just found it weird when they've always pretend that these relationships were so sacred to just each other and they don't share things like this throughout the family. And it's like, apparently there was a lot of talking that was going on, especially from Cody to other people, which I, I guess just backs up Janelle saying he leaks like a sieve. So he he told everyone how he felt about Christine. If he was telling Janelle that, don't you think he told Robin that shit for sure? So why was she so confused when they got divorced? I don't know if he would be able to tell Robin about that because then he would be talking negatively about another sister wife. And you know Robin doesn't abide by that. And he would also have to talk about sex with Robin, which I don't think she allows that in her house. <laughs> it's too yucky. I'm pretty sure he would get grounded for that. Yucky energy. Maybe that's why he hasn't been allowed out of the house. He wasn't able to go to Janelle's house. You can't go see Gavin Garrison because you said the sex word. Should we talk about Mary? Mary got a little bit of a spotlight in this episode. Not as much as the next one, but... Yeah, she had some moments. What we learned is people don't really get Mary's humor. Yeah, sarcasm. Do you speak it, motherfucker? (laughs) No, they do not. Because even they're showing clips of the turkey comment, the infamous turkey comment where Cody liked Mary's turkey, used to, in the past tense, like Mary's turkey. And since he has had Robin's turkey at Thanksgiving, this originally started as a Thanksgiving discussion and eventually turned into an S-E-X <laughs> euphemism metaphor. Is that in case Robin's out there listening? Yes. She shields your ears. It. Yeah. You have to do that. So it was the turkey comment that Mary was joking about and then even took a little bit further as part of the interview with the producer and it was humorous. It was funny to look back and watch that. Mary couldn't even believe that they kept it in the edit. But she should know the editors don't do much editing on this show. They don't cut a lot of stuff out. Especially, at least they're keeping the good stuff in this season. Cody and Robin had no idea what she was talking about. Well, Cody was giggling at first. At first. And then Robin was asking him to explain it, and he couldn't. She was like, why is that? What is she saying? And he's like, I don't know. But it's funny. (laughs) Mary's laughing, so I'm laughing. Yeah, because we we get along like that. Because uh, I get it. I mean, I it, I would be too hard to explain it to you, Robin. But I mean, I get it. It's funny. Just trust me. The thing about the coat, too, comes up where she was at Robin's house. She didn't bring a coat to sit outside. And then Robin brought out Cody's jacket for her. And she's like, oh, it's like a pretend hug. People apparently really attacked her for that online as well. She had to block a lot of people on Instagram that day. Yeah, Fridays with Friends was popping. The questions were rolling in nonstop, I'm sure, right around that time period. At this point, a lot of people didn't know if Mary understood where she was at in this relationship with Cody. Us as viewers, we knew where the relationship stood. Mary did not know yet. Well, she said she knew. She's like, I got where I was at. It was just a joke. No way. No, I mean, I don't think she fully understood where they were at. She was still at the, oh, we're rebuilding. We're working on hope. No, there is no hope. It's gone. I thought an interesting part of the episode was when Janelle was pointing out about how Cody and Robin 
are kind of looking back and applying this filter on their entire history as a family about all of this doubt about how, oh, polygamy never worked. This family never worked. It was always just dysfunction and it was bad. Janelle disputes that. Christine disputes that. I think Mary might have argued against that as well or didn't mm-hmm. fully agree with what Cody was saying in that. So I thought that was interesting that that was kind of a three against one because we end up seeing a lot of this commentary that comes from Cody and Robin's couch that doesn't really jive with anybody else's reality. Well, that's kind of where we get to the whole Robin feels duped by the family part of the episode. Well, that's what they're playing into is that Robin was tricked. Robin was fooled and deceived. Right. Because that's where they're having that conversation where Mary's wearing the jacket and Robin's trying to fish for information from Mary about, well, I didn't understand. How was the family? It seemed like things were really bad, but I didn't know that. So what was it really like? Was there stuff I didn't know about? And my favorite was when Cody paused it right after Robin asked Mary on the show, was there stuff I didn't know about? And Cody turns to her and says, was there stuff you didn't know about? (laughs) Watch. Watch the rest of the scene. See what Mary says. Cody's that person who's watching the first episode of a show. First scene. Somebody walks in the door and he'll lean over and say, who is that? I don't know. It just started. (laughs) I don't think Robin can answer the question, to be honest. Mary didn't answer it. (laughs) No. Because she knew this was about the time when Mary started sensing, Robin's not asking me these things for my benefit. She's fishing around. She's sniffing around. And she could pick up on that now. She's not falling into those traps like she had in previous seasons. She's picking up on the fact that Robin's trying to write a storyline here which is that it wasn't her fault that the family fell apart. The family was already broken before she ever came into it. There were already cracks in the foundation. So Janelle, instantly annoyed by these accusations from Robin, if their family was really working the way that they had presented to her when she joined them. Well, I like the reason that she pointed out for it, too, because that was pretty on the nose. That was a very specific point that she gave. Right. But that was when she said, well, it worked when no one person trumped anyone else. When there were no comparisons of how loyal people were, it was just we were all working together as a family. No one was standing out as more loyal than anyone else. The comparisons are what kind of brought on the downfall of the family here. She also pointed out that when they moved to Flagstaff, Cody gravitated more and more toward Robin. So again, the whole like loyalty comparison, favoritism, that was what the problem was. Those types of things they claim, or at least Janelle says, didn't exist pre-Robin. But no, no, no. Cody has to give us another story because he's been drafting up his rewrite of history as well, and he's going to present it to us today. Cody has to blame this all on, drumroll please, (laughs) Biggie Housey. (laughs) That's what it comes down to for him. Well, that's Christine who is behind the demise of the Biggie Housey plan, was that she didn't want to be one family. She saw that, and that's what she said to him. Absolutely no. And she destroyed his big picture. Well, it's not like 
I'm blaming Christine for it. I mean, she unraveled my world, but it's not, I'm not like blaming her for that. <laughs> like Christine or Robin questioned that. And she was like, did she say that again? Like, well, did those words come out of her mouth? No. And she was indicating it in every other way possible. I picked up on that. I'm pretty adept at reading those clues, much in the way that Robin was adept that. Cody and Christine's relationship was fantastic ever since they were in Vegas, never noticed any issues, didn't see any problems, even though Christine points out, I don't know how you couldn't think there was a problem because we went to repeated therapy sessions, group therapy sessions that Robin participated in with Nancy and also separate counseling that Christine and Cody were going through on their own individually as well. Right. And on top of that, she mentioned that they had heart to hearts, her and Robin, when she first joined the family. And she straight up told Robin that she was struggling with Cody, that she was having a hard time with her relationship with Mary. So how all of a sudden this is all new news is very perplexing to her. So this is where Robin gets into her reasoning because she feels like it wasn't fair. She was trying to find a safe place for her kids to land post-divorce. She was a single mother with nothing to give you, trying to make it, and she thought this would be the safe place for her children. And that's when Christine looked like she was ready to say some shit, and she hit the brakes on that, but decides to land on it was safe. This was safe. She grasped that wine glass <laughs> like she was about to break it. She was clutching it in her couch cup holder there that still makes me nervous, by the way, with the glass and the stem. You're afraid she's going to knock it and I'm break it? I'm afraid you're going to karate chop that thing and then you're just going to have a shard of glass sticking up out of the couch. Please huh. be careful. I felt like that couch was a David pick when they went shopping for the new house. Yeah, I don't know if I've made the joke about the cup holders and the couch before, but it's not classy. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> Well, she was trying to make it classy with the white wine. She did her best. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that definitely pissed her off. I think especially the stuff about the kids since Christine was like the overseer of the children to then claim that like it's not a safe place for children is particularly offensive to her. And offensive to Aspen because, you know. <laughs> and Logan. Christine. Yeah, Christine put Aspen and Logan as second in command under her for managing these children I think there shouldn't be a surprise for any of the animosity that was there, too, because Christine was our instigator. She was always pushing Cody to do better. She expected more from him as the father of a polygamous family of 20-some-odd people. So they needed more from Cody, and he was not able to provide that. But she was constantly reminding him, hey, we need more from you. We know how he loves accountability, so I'm sure that went over real well. Very good. I guess what we're supposed to take away from this is that Christine wanted Cody to compromise his vision of the family, and he just couldn't do that because he has so much integrity and responsibility to all of these other people. He couldn't do that just for Christine. But this is where we're at dysfunction junction here for the family. And so everybody starts pointing fingers. But Christine gets a little upset because she's like, look, I tried. I tried. I tried. Right. <laughs> Just like 
Michael. Just like Michael. Natalia Grace. From Natalia Grace. Maybe not at the same extreme level that we went to there. But she was like, look, we were trying to make this thing work, put the pieces together. But you know what Christine blames the collapse of the family on? Cancellation of Friday family gatherings when they were in Vegas. That is what did it. Undid this family, top to bottom. Robin is looking more and more uncomfortable as they're talking about this because... What they're implying is that Robin joined the family and all of these family traditions that they had long held had changed. One of them being these get togethers on Friday nights. So Cody, of course, has to swoop in and defend this because it can't look like that had anything to do with Robin coming into the family. So the version we get from him is, well, the older kids were just always busy on Friday night. Cody blames his adult children who have moved out of the houses and gone to college for being too busy and not coming home for Friday family gatherings. But like, what about everyone else? There's so many other people, but (laughs) Logan wasn't available. So we're canceling it. Was Logan in charge of Friday family gatherings? I mean, maybe (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Isn't he in charge of the, the holiday Christmas gift exchange? He heads up a lot of stuff that he does not get credit for because he does not film on this show anymore. (laughs) So another confusing rewrite of history. It seems like there were still plenty of people who could have gotten together to have Friday dinner. (laughs) But the acting from Robin during all of this, how fake upset she got. Man, yeah, it made me so mad when they stopped too. Oh, it just happened to be right around the time when we joined the family and they stopped. Oh, it was a bummer seeing those go. I didn't even get to enjoy the full effect of that. I feel like there's some truth in it because she probably would have liked to have the other wives cook dinner for her children so that she could cross that off her to-do list. But also, I found it coincidental that these were Friday night gatherings, which is, you know... A classic date night at the end of the week. Perhaps Cody was busy with other things to do. You think he was dating? I think he was going on dates with Robin. <laughs> dating Robin? Oh, Go boy. on dates. Have dates. <laughs> but then this was just more insight, which this is probably the biggest thing about these episodes, is the look under the hood, so to speak, of Robin and Cody's relationship together, which... Seems like a very toxic codependent dynamic. And we got to see that on full display where Cody's explaining, yeah, it's they're blaming you for everything, Robin. And she's like, well, they just don't know who I am then. And he confirms nobody knows who you are, Robin. Because <laughs> she was saying like the other wives don't know who I am then if they're going to blame me for the end of all of these get togethers as a family. And he's like, nobody knows who you are because the whole audience of this show hates you too. Has been watching. Yeah, everybody hates you and it's because nobody knows you. I would argue, I feel like I got a pretty good read on her. (laughs) Just saying. We have our first Salsa Brava meetup. I was excited to see Salsa Brava get its moment again on television. So what is this like? eight episodes that it appeared in at this point since it's in this one now. If you count the flashbacks, every episode, (laughs) every single one. 
So you're probably going to have to remember which one this was since there were so many. It was the first one, though, because this is what rounded out the first episode of the season. Right. With Christine Christine and Cody. Yeah. If you recall, that conversation started with Christine talking about how she was going to be bringing the girls down for Thanksgiving. The girls is. The girls. The girls is, as (laughs) Liam Meser would say. Yes. And Cody claims that Christine has been shit-talking him to the kids. So she pauses again because I think she's over this accusation at this point. And she's like, the kids came to me and I validated their feelings. And then I talked to them about how I felt. I was also heartbroken that this didn't work out. And I told them that. Well, that's where Cody confuses conversation with influence because normally for him conversations as we know christine can read between the lines of what does a conversation mean when the kids need to have a conversation with cody it means you need to come to terms you need to kiss the ring and you need to do what i say so he's assuming when children are having conversations with christine she is then imposing her will upon them and imprinting them with her ideology for how things are in the family right now. When in fact, it's actually the kids have formulated their own opinion and they are using Christine as a sounding board to work through a lot of those emotions. Well, I also think it's a weird expectation that when you're going through a divorce, your children aren't going to have questions for you or feelings that they want to express. And just because she had those conversations, that means she's a bad person. Because we all know Cody didn't pick up the phone if they called to ask about it. Too busy. Very busy. Occupado. The thing that Christine still can't get over watching this again was that she tells Cody that the kids are coming down for Thanksgiving to spend time with him. And instead of jumping for joy that he's going to see them for the first time in a while since they moved to Utah, he makes the conversation about him again by talking about COVID. Yeah, you got to test for COVID, though, because Rora still hasn't had the Rona. So we got to be careful. And Robin's like, you did did the right thing. I can't do a Robin accent. You have to do it. That's different. Yeah. I don't know who that was. You did the right thing. That's pretty close. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) You did good, Cody. There you go. And he's, of course, still shitty about the things that she said about him having COVID, where she was talking about how Gwen relayed a conversation she had with him while he was sick and she was laughing during it. I guess Gwen was kind of pissed apparently on her Patreon about Christine having represented the conversation the way she did. She didn't really get to tell much of it though, because he cut her off and then just started talking about what a horrible death-like experience it was to be sick. And taking shots at Christine about, yeah, of course you would laugh at that because you're mean like that. Because you hate me. Because you don't care about the pain that I go through. And Mary really has tried to stay pretty neutral throughout this episode, but she looks at the camera and she's like, yep, I'm going to agree with her there. Every time this man was sick in this these marriages and all of this time, he acted like a baby. Well, that's the <laughs> – yeah, that is the uh, the big accusation that Christine throws out there is that She was married to Cody for 27 years. Whenever the dude gets sick, he's down for the count. It's game over. Makes a big deal about it. That is it. And it seemed like that was Christine's interpretation. But then Mary 
did confirm that. But now we have to hear Robin come to Cody's defense at Cody's request. He has to pause it and say, do you agree with that? Well, of course not, because you don't want me to agree with it. So instead, the version she gives us is that Cody is super dad when he's sick. When she, when he had COVID, he just kept taking care of kids, even though his gluteus maximus was so sore. Tender. Tender. He was tender. Tender taking care of the tenders. <laughs> he just kept going. He's out there going. He didn't know how to lay down and just be sick. So that was funny because they seem to think that they're proving Christine's a liar. But instead, all they really did was prove that everyone else gets a different version of Cody than Robin gets. She gets original Cody and all the other wives get Cody light. Diet Cody. (laughs) Cody zero. (laughs) Cody zero. (laughs) And that is the whole crux of the problem. And so by saying that, because they were like, oh, they're clearly mistaken. No, because that was how Cody was with them. I believe, Robin, 100%, that Cody was super dad when she was sick and on her alleged deathbed with COVID. I believe that. I also believe Christine and Mary and Janelle when they say, Cody didn't do jack shit when he was sick. Well, that was the point Christine was making throughout the whole season and the season leading up to this was that she got a different version of Cody in her house. And all she wanted was Cody to live up to the version of Cody he was when he was with Robin. The Cody at Robin's She-Ra Chateau. That is the Cody that we need everywhere in this family. And Cody refused to provide that. It just made me feel like... When Cody was at these other wives' houses that he didn't feel where he was as invested in the relationship because he didn't have the same level of feelings for them that he had for Robin, he gave less. It was too much work. He wasn't going to do that. It takes a lot out of him. And then he has less to give Robin. So that's not fair to Robin. You got to focus the attention where he wants to uh, make sure it goes, huh? That's where it is. But the real injury comes when Christine... The footage at the end of that episode is Christine laughing in Cody's face and saying, I'm so thankful I'm not married to this man anymore. And so that hit kind of hard on the Cody and Robin couch because it got pretty somber pretty quick. (laughs) He goes, yeah, that's the end. That's how they ended it. Yeah, that's how they ended it. Any thoughts, Robin? He's kicking the, uh, the curls out of his face, trying to hide the tears, wipe away the tears. Well, that's when he says it sucks. (laughs) To watch someone you used to love trash talk you. What happened to never loved? (laughs) I thought we never had any love and there was no love lost in this divorce process. What are you talking about? Well, now he's got to be the bigger victim here. Yes. In this equation, I need you to feel sorry for me. I did love that at the end of this episode, Janelle pointed out what we were all thinking, which was that this was so long ago, this period of our lives, that it feels like... A different lifetime watching it all back now. Yeah, Janelle, that's how we feel as an audience (laughs) watching it. Can we please move the storyline a little bit quicker? Just a little more tempo. That's all I'm asking for. Just get caught up. Christine and Mary agreed the same thing. They're all past everything that's going on in these scenes, in these clips. All these emotions, they've already processed it. They've moved on. They're over it. They're living completely different lives now. Janelle, Christine, and Mary. 
Just not Cody and Robin. Just not Cody and Robin. They're still wallowing in this shit. Next episode, the sister wives react to the explosive season finale where Mary and Cody decide to end their marriage. They also have the chance to set the record straight as they hear what the viewers thought of all of it via viewer questions and social media posts. Allegedly, allegedly. But we do have a legal wife voicemail to listen to next week. So be sure to tune in for that. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.